so I want to talk about movies for a second here because I, I had a realization. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I was thinking about, you know that phrase that sex sells, romance sells when it comes to movies and storylines, books, that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, that's true. But then I started thinking about a lot of the movies that I liked. And it, there was a theme that came out of in those movies that friendship sells as well. That friendship, when, when there's a deep, meaningful friendship, a connection between two folks or a group of people, that, that's something that draws us in. That's something that we're entertained by. In fact, if you were to look at your top 10 favorite movies, my guess is if you thought about it, you would see a theme kind of running across of, of deep friendship, maybe an unexpected friendship, you know, where two people are kind of so different, but then in the end, they're dear friends or, or, or deep, long lasting, meaningful friendship that, that can't be broken. That kind of thing is in a lot of movies. For instance, Sam and Frodo, right? Uh, how about uh, Thelma and Louise, ladies? Uh, how, about, how about Wayne and Garth? No, I'm not even joking. That whole movie is, is about, is, is, it's about you know, this movie that explores what happens when Wayne and Garth's friendship is tested by sudden fame and money and a girl, right? And it, it, it breaks their, their friendship, right, in the end? Yeah, as if. No, they stick together because they're friends. Uh, guys, how about movies like Act of Valor, Band of Brothers, Lethal Weapon, uh, uh, guys that are willing to fight for one another, Braveheart, all these men who are willing to stand and even die with William Wallace, a character like that. We're drawn to that. It, it's, sa- it's the same for kids. You look at kids' movies, movies like The Sandlot and Little Rascals and, of course, Goonies. Hey, you guys. <laughs> they all they these deep friendships in it. Disney and DreamWorks and the cartoon makers, they have this down pat. For instance, if, when I say Timon, you say Pumbaa, thank you. We're going to do a couple of these, so you ready? When I say Anna, you say Elsa, right? Frozen. Uh, when I say Shrek, you say, that's right. You don't, isn't it interesting? You don't say, I, don't even, I can't even think of what the, the princess's name is. Fiona. Fiona, thank you. But it's, don- it's Shrek and Donkey, right? Because it's that deep friendship. Uh, how about Woody and Buzz? Oh, that's a, that's a big one. That whole movie is about friendship. It's about uh, when Buzz Lightyear, this new toy, threatens to become Andy's new favorite new toy and, and take Woody out of the, the spotlight, and Woody becomes jealous, and he becomes proactive in his jealousy. And then through all of these unexpected circumstances, what happens at the end? Buzz and Woody become the dear friends. They find a, a deep, meaningful friendship that they hadn't had before. And if that's not enough, at the very end of the movie is this song playing sing along come on you got a friend in me this is a movie about friendship okay that's enough you guys sound good though i will say that okay thanks luke (laughs) okay uh on a completely different note how about the movie castaway i was laying in bed last night thinking about this one like, like that's, he's on an island in solitude by himself. This is a, it's totally a guy movie. I cannot get Christy to watch this movie with me. I love it. And in the absence of friendship, what does he, what does he do? What does he got? He has a ball, a volleyball named Wilson. Wilson, no. And there's a part of you that at the end of this movie who loses Wilson, you're like, no, not Wilson, not the volleyball. 
Because you want, like, we, that's just what we do. We manufacture friendship if, if we don't have it. Dumb and Dumber is a great <laughs> friendship movie. Princess Bride, right? Come on, that's a classic. No more rhyming, and I mean it. Anybody? You know, that, that, the, ah, you know, the whole, uh, uh, what's the Fezzik and Inigo Montoya? I can never say his name. You killed my father, prepared to die. That, you know, like, there's a deep connection there. Uh, um, um. Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, Scrooge, the, in the beginning of, of the, the story, Scrooge, you, you pity him because he has everything, but he has nobody, right? On the flip side, the, 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 pover, the, the, the paupers in the movie, Tiny Tim's family, you, you almost envy them because of what they have in each other. Friendship sells. You see this? Like, we could, I could go on for a long, long time. Any, everywhere from the show Cheers, where, where everybody knows your name. You know? The, the office, and you got Dwight and Michael in their own quirky way. They're, they're deep friends. Even down to the show Friends. <laughs> Let's not forget. You know, where it's like, it, in, in that, all I can think of is the intro for the, the song Friends. Your job's a joke, you're broke, your love life's DOA. The verses to that song are all about how your life is just horrible. But I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. That's all we want, right? Like, like yeah, life can be a mess, life can be difficult, but as long as I've got one or two folks to be with me, that I can count on, that, that are there for me when I need it, that, that, that guys that, that would take a bullet for me, that would land on a grenade, you know, for me, that, that, you know, in a bar, if I was trying to fight a guy that I shouldn't fight, like, hold me back, hold me back, you know, like, that's the type of friendship we all long for. Friendship sells is what we want on a rough day when we want to rage quit, when we want to punch a boss. It's what we want on a Tuesday night when there's nothing to do. It's what we want for our kids, right? If you've ever had a kid that just was having troubles finding a friend. It breaks your heart, and you just, I just want one friend for them to walk through whatever, fifth grade with. You know, that's what we want out of life, and it could be argued that was one of the things we want most out of life is this type of meaningful connection, and therefore our favorite storylines carry that theme. Friendship sells. Did you know that God shares your desire for friendship that that he 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 shares that he agrees that that you should have that type of connection so we're in the series called coming home and it's a series that's we've looked at several of the the ways that we can connect with god and feel at home with him the the it's we're looking at what we call the spiritual disciplines things like prayer things like reading scripture uh, th- and the list is very very there's a lot on this list of fasting service like there's not one concise list of ways we can connect with God, but we've been talking about a few of them. And and just as you would imagine, since God has made so many different ways that we can connect with him through nature, coming to church, being, you know, like that kind of thing, it makes sense that a God who wants to connect with us and and has given, we talked about this the first week, that, that he's given us the key like that, in a sense, these things, these the, like prayer and scripture reading, meditation, um, memorization, scripture memorization, all of these things, praise and worship through song, are ways that we can connect with God. And we need to choose to come home and use. It's like a key to coming home with God, being with God, and being at home with God. We talked about that the first week. 
since there's so many different ways that we can connect with him, it makes sense that one of the ways that we can connect with him is through being with one another. It makes sense that one of the, the, the ways we can connect with him is being, to connect with the heavenly father is to be with his kids. You know what I mean? Like when you get to know somebody, isn't it fun to get to know somebody and then to meet their parents or to meet their kids and it's like, oh, now I understand you a little bit more? Doesn't it make sense that God would make it kind of that way for us as well? And, and see, here's what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about connecting with God, coming home with God, being at home with God through being with other people, that we can draw closer to each other in such a way that it actually draws us closer to God in the end. And here's the thing. What we're going to find today is not only is, is this a way that we can come home and be at home with God and connect with him, it's a really, really powerful way to be at home with God, is to be with one another. And in fact, there's some ways that we can connect with God that we wouldn't otherwise be able to without it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And here's, just, just so you know, the goal for the series is for us to be at home with God through many of these different types of spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible study, that kind of thing. Today, my goal is, is simply uh, for us to, to feel at home with God, uh, for us to, to, to be drawn to be, feel at home with God with other people. And just so you know, shameless plug, there's a cell at the end. I want to talk about, I'm hoping to talk about this in such a way that it, at the end, we're going to give you a chance to sign up for something we call life groups. It's actually a short-term experience that I'll tell you about at the end. But my goal is that when we're done with this conversation today, you're able to say, I'm kind of interested in signing up because that kind of connection sounds good. Is that okay? You know, just get that out of the way. That's a good way to do sales. All right, now, if you're thinking to yourself, there's no way I'm going to sign up for anything today. Like it just, yeah, this is not going to happen. I'm still really glad you're here um, because here's the thing. When it comes to friendship, I think, that, I think this conversation has something to offer all of us. Because when it comes to friendship, here, here's, here's, here's how friendship works. No matter how much we long for it, it doesn't mean we're going to get it. It doesn't matter how much we long for it and we're drawn to those storylines and those characters. And, and That doesn't guarantee that we're ever going to be connected with people like that in life. Um, even though we long for it doesn't mean we're any closer to it if that makes sense. And even though we're surrounded, here's the other kicker about, about connecting with people. Even though we're surrounded constantly by people, a lot of us live lives that are, we're constantly in contact with people through our jobs, through our school, through whatever's going on. There's people everywhere, traffic, you know, that kind of thing. Just even though we, we are surrounded by people doesn't mean that we are connecting meaningfully with people. Can we all agree to that? Um, Americans are some of the loneliest people in the world. There's been actually a lot of studies coming out in the last 10 years, Gallup studies and others, that have, have, are, are you know, surveying and asking people about and, and to see the numbers of people who live alone, live literally by themselves, that number's growing, and, and all sort of, you know, there's all sorts of different factors. But Americans are some of the loneliest people in the world. And yet, and yet, there's this irony, we are some of the most connected people 
in the world via uh, just population growth. Like, like, like population, even in my lifetime, has just exploded in the United States. Like 80% of us live within you know, like, a, a, like a metro area in the United States now. That's different than it used to be. We have people everywhere. It, through technology, we're connected. We, have, we can be face-to-face with just about anybody through FaceTime, through Facebook. You know, we have all of this opportunity for, for connection. Never have we been more involved in stuff as a society, in school, and work, and PTA, pickup, drop-off, clubs, this, that, HOA. There's all sorts of things that, that, that put us into contact with people, but the sad and ironic truth is it is totally possible to get done with your day and be done with people. You know what I mean? Like to come to the end of the day and be so I've been with people all day. And this doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. This is just in general, we can get to the point where it's, we're just done with people. And yet we haven't had a meaningful interaction with people. It's possible to live that. And there's this placebo effect if we're not careful, like that, that we can feel like we're, yeah, I'm seen by many. But are we known by any? We're seen by all sorts of, like tons of people, but we're known by none. That can happen. We can be well-connected, but still not connect well. Does that make sense? It's possible to do that, to, to be connected well, like well-connected, but not to connect well in such a way that's meaningful, that improves our lives, that makes us better people as a result of it. And here, just, we're going to dive in here in a second, but just, I want to share personally, for me, I notice when I'm not connected well with people, things don't go well. Maybe, maybe it's the same for you. When I'm not connected well with people, uh, bad things tend to follow. I, I, it's easier to make bad decisions. I, 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 I get really selfish. I get really, the, more I'm, the less I'm with, I have meaningful connection with people, I get more selfish. I start yelling at my kids, and, you know, get shorter with my kids because they're infringing on my time. I, I, it's easier, I find when I'm, I'm not connected well, it's easier to do the things I don't want to do, but I just do them because I'm just by myself. It, maybe it's the same for you. And if, if it is similar for you that, that, that when you're not connected well, bad things follow, I'm really glad you're here today. And I'm really glad you're here today. Even if the idea of like connecting with God through other people, you're like, that's not what you're interested in. You're not even sure if that's possible. You don't even know what that means. I'm still really glad you're here today because all of us, all of us long to be connected well with other people. And I think that this conversation will help move us towards that direction. I want us to look at the book of Genesis. I want us to look at the very beginning, like the very first couple chapters of the book of Genesis. And if you haven't, this is, this is where God created the earth. If you haven't read that in a while, I really encourage you, we're only going to look at a small portion of it today, but I really encourage you on your own time to open it up. It's super easy to find. You just open up the Bible and it's like, oh, Genesis 1, there you go. In the beginning, God created. It's an amazing account that helps remind us of, of, of God's capacities his uh, creativity, his power, how literally he creates everything in the cosmos by speaking. You know, like, like just, it's incredible to think about what he is able to do. And in the midst of what's, what I want to draw on today is in the midst of this creative bonanza, when he's just like going crazy, 
creating the world, there's this rhythm, there's this reoccurring phrase that happens. Maybe you're familiar with it where he, God's done creating something and then he looks at it and he says, and it was good. And God looked at what he had made and it was good. And it happens six times, this reoccurring phrase, as if God is saying, this is good. I am pleased with this. This is how I intended it to be. Kind of like a man looking at a lawn after he mowed it. You know, like, this is good. This is how I intended it to be. But in God's case, he just created the Milky Way. A little different. Out of nothing, by the way, too. Like, just by speaking, he created that. What's interesting about this account is when, you, when, when God creates Adam, there's a shift in the language. He, he, after he creates humanity, humans, things shift from good to, does anybody know it? Very good. It's the first time he's like, now it's as if God is saying, now that, that, that's really good. It's if God made a Yelp review, it went from four stars to five stars when Adam came onto the scene. Because he's, he's like, yeah, the cosmos, they're, they're good. But have you seen this guy? This, this guy that I made in my image? That's, that's very cool. He's pretty smitten by Adam. And then, and then, if you're familiar with the story, something unexpected happens. And it's, it's something not good happens. We'll see it in the text here in a second. And it's not what you're thinking. It's not that Adam messed up. That comes, that's in chapter 3. But in chapter 2, there's something really interesting, and maybe you haven't seen this before if you've you've read it. There's a really interesting, there's a problem in paradise before sin enters the world. There's a problem in this perfect garden of Eden even before they eat the apple and do what they weren't supposed to do. There's a problem when God says this, this is in uh, chapter 2, verse 18. He says, Then the Lord God said this, It is not good for man to be alone. He just put Adam into this garden and he said, tend it, work it. Here's all these animals. They have this perfect communion between God and his creation. And sin, it's not marred by sin. Adam hasn't done anything to put distance between he and God. He hasn't stiff-armed God. There's this perfect connection and yet, There's these words. The Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. Isn't that interesting? The first problem in the world was not sin. It was loneliness. It was isolation. And and, and let's let's keep reading here. Um, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God, this is verse 19, had formed out of the ground all the wild animals all the birds of this in the sky, and he brought them to the man. So not only is, is God around and in this perfect communion, Adam is also surrounded by a bunch of cool animals, which just sounds awesome. To, and, and he says, he brought them to the man to see what he would name them, which I thought was so cool because as a parent, I'm fascinated with what my kids call stuff. <laughs> like like, like, like Joe, uh, uh, Lucy, our three-year-old, has a little friend named Tatum that she calls potato. (laughs) 
what am I supposed to do with that? Like, like, like Titus used to call helicopters helicrackers. And we were just like, what, what, what is that? What is, well, every time we saw a helicopter, we got excited because we're like, Titus, what is that? And we just like, and hope he'd say helicracker. Because it's just, we're just obsessed with seeing what our kids name stuff. I feel like God's bringing all these animals. What do you call that? A platypus? Oh, that's cool. What do you call that? I, you know, just like, what, what's he going to do next? So he brought all of the, the living creatures uh, uh, so that he would name them. And man called each living creature, and that was his name. Adam got to decide. Yes, I created all these things, but you get to name them. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So man gave names to all the livestock, verse 20, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals, which just sounds like a blast. But catch this, catch this. And yet, the text tells us, but for Adam, for man, no suitable helper was found. It, it, catch this. God still said, it is not good. To which I say, how in the world could this be an incomplete experience? Perfect communion with God, and you get to live on the set of planet Earth. Like, you just get to watch, play, like, just unfold in this perfect communion with all of these animals. How can that be an incomplete experience? You know? How can this not be good? The first problem in the Garden of Eden was not sin. It was loneliness. It was isolation. Adam felt alone, even though he had this perfect connection with God. Blaise Pascal was a 17th century mathematician and philosopher. And, and maybe you're familiar with, with this line of reasoning. He, he wrote about this idea that there's a God-shaped hole in all of our hearts. And, and he talked, basically, he observed that no matter what we have in life, no matter what we achieve in life, no matter what we obtain in life, there will always be a void in life without God. We can't, that there's a hole in our hearts. And, and if we try to shove money into it, if we try to shove achievement into it, if we try to shove you know, accomplishment into it, that it, it will never fill that void in our hole. It's a God-shaped hole in our hearts. I think what we learn through this interaction between God and Adam is not only is there a God-shaped hole in our hearts, there's a human-shaped hole in our hearts as well. I mean, think, uh, and if you struggle with this, you're like, you're like, I don't know about that, but think about it for a second. It, Adam has everything that he needs, everything to, like, that, that you would think you would need to be happy, even a perfect relationship with the living God, and yet something is missing, and that something was meaningful connection with another human being. And not money, not achievement, not busyness, not stuff, not even a dog, man's best friend, could help. Not even God himself. I think that's remarkable. I think this has implications. Here's one of the implications I think that this means. If you've ever experienced loneliness or a sense of emptiness that messed with your faith, if you've ever had a time in your life where you doubted your faith, you doubted God's presence, that he was with you, you doubted his goodness, you doubted his very existence because there was an emptiness or loneliness, and there's a sense that you're crying out, you're like, God, why don't you just fill this hole <laughs> in my heart? It's almost as if God could reply, child, I would if I could, but I made you in such a way that I can't. I made you in such a way that, that without meaningful connections with other humans, other people like yourself, something will always 
be missing. This is why from the very beginning at Colorado Life Church, from the very get-go, we have promoted and tried to pursue these type of connections and relationships. Before we even started church, we had a thing called life groups. We started with life groups because we thought this is so important. If we want to do one thing, we want to get people into meaningful connection with each other. We dreamed about all sorts of things when we started up. We dreamed about a, a place where people could belong before they believe what we believe. That they could come to church and feel like they belong in part of this community even if they don't believe what we believe. We dreamed about creating a, a, from the ground up a different kind of church. A church where people who don't normally go to church would go to church and be like, I like that. I don't know if I believe, but can I come back? From the, from the very get-go, we, we dreamed about it, and we didn't know what to call it until recently, but we dreamed about doing things as a church in such a way that, that was meaningful to people who not just inside a church, but outside a church, and we call it Scatter Church, and we love it. We, we're having a blast doing it because it, we get to do stuff that matters, not just to church people, but to people outside of the church. From the very beginning, we dreamed about your kids having an experience. Most of the time, I get cut off during the sermon because they're screaming so loud and having too much fun. I love that because from the very beginning, we, we set out to make, kid, like, to make this kid's experience, like, like to, for kids to be dragging their parents back to church. For some of us, church was not fun as a kid, and we said, we want to make it fun for ours. We, we, from the very beginning, we, we talked about if we can take those little kids and the, if their first impression about God can have a lasting impression in their lives. We dreamed about that. But you know what? At the heart of all this dreaming, we said, you know, we don't want to do church. We, just, we don't want church to be just about Sundays. We want to do church in such a way that we're actually connecting people, that, that good, deep friendships are being made. And that's when we decided, let's do life groups. Let's, let's get people together, because here's the thing. As fun as, as we, as much as I love Sunday mornings, there's only so much that a guy with a little micro-fro can do with a, you know, a microphone strapped to his face. I can only talk for so long, and then we all go on our way. You're not going to remember what I said in, in a couple hours. And, and, and so we'd said from the beginning, you know what? Circles are better than rows. That when it comes to church, this is, this is good. Rows are good. And we will continue to, to make this as great of an experience as possible. We love doing it. We love the music, that kind of stuff. We, we have a blast. But we, we've recognized from the beginning its limitations, that church is just not enough. That we have to be connecting with one another. We have to be in each other's living rooms and our kitchen tables. We have to be being personal and honest with our own lives. And, and here's the thing. Here's what, here's, here's how coming home, here's how this meaningful relationship helps us come home with the Father so well. Is, uh, first off, just as we're not meant to live, it's not good for us to be alone, it's, it's not good for us to do faith alone. In fact, I would even argue that, that faith is dangerous when we do it by ourselves, in isolation. In fact, haven't we all known somebody who's like, quote-unquote, they're like super godly, like it's just them and God, you know, they, you know, they talk about them and God, but like nobody likes to be around them. You know, like, and it's like, what, there's something wrong with that. We're not, we, we, aren't, we aren't meant to do faith by ourselves. 
See, when we do faith together, that makes for healthy faith. Because we might believe something about God that isn't true at all. We might have a picture of God that's like, God, that's not how God, who God is. And in community, when we're together, that comes to light. When we see other people live and see their faith and we see the way that they believe, it challenges the way that what we believe and it might draw us closer to God. Prayer can, it can only do that to an extent. Reading the Word, uh, let's face it, reading the Word is a really daunting task for a lot of us. It's a big book. We talked about that last time we were together. Reading the Word in community with people who have read it, that's when things come to life. I, honestly, I think this discipline, this discipline of community, of fellowship, has a way of making other disciplines come to life in a new and fresh way. As we think about scripture together, as we serve together, as I see your life. And here's another thing that happens when we come home with one another. Is, as, as, it's almost like this triangular relationship that, 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 that starts, instead of it just being this linear relationship, me and God, me and God, me and God, which gets distorted so fast. It's, it's when it's me, you, and God, as I draw closer to you, I start to understand who you are, and you're created in the image of God. You're not God. You're separate from God. But I start to understand a little bit more about God's heart because he's your heavenly father, and you are his child. And so I start to understand more about him. This, I honestly, and on, here's, here's probably the biggest thing and the thing that I think we long for the most that happens when we come home together if you put in the time, if you're willing to, to time and time again, and community always costs something. It's never, like, like true community will cost you something. We'll talk about that in a second. But when, when you put in the time, over time, you, I'm going to connect with this person. I'm, no, I'm tired tonight, but I'm going I'm to make a point to be with them. We're going to make a point to pray together. We're going to, I have this, this question about Scripture. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to bring somebody else in this conversation. When we live that way, when the trials of life hit, when the things go bad, when it hits the fan, we're not alone. Isn't that what we've always wanted? Isn't that what we watch in the movies? Like It's like, I want a connection like that. And I think through deep, Faith, we're not meant to do life alone. We're, ne we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do faith alone. And by doing faith together means that when, when trials come, we have people to weather the storm. When, when we're burdened with just the heaviness of life, there's other people to help us carry it. Many hands make the work light. Which is why we decided that we want to offer you all a, 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 what we're calling a life group light experience. It's going to, it's an eight-week experience that meets in April and May. And we have two, two, different, uh, two different nights that you can sign up to be a part of. And before, before you leave today, make sure you either get a flyer that has the dates and the information on it for how to sign up. But even better than that, we actually have um, iPads that, that are linked to our website that have that sign-up sheet and that information. By the way, if, you're, if you have not been to our website, it's, an it's a great resource for our schedule. Uh, you can get sermons on there. It has a, we've been working hard to make that a really good resource for you, so you should check, check out our website. But, but if you want, before you leave, honestly, I challenge you. A lot of, guys, you know how it is. You walk out of, of some place, even with the best of intentions, life gets away from you. If, if this is something, if there's something stirring in you right now, I encourage you to not leave without signing up. 
but not leave without, like, we have iPads. You can just put in your information, hit send, and we'll, we'll contact you. And there's, there's, a group on, there's, there's groups on Monday night and Tuesday night. So there's a couple different options from 6 to 8 p.m. And we'd love for you to join. It's just eight weeks. And here's the other cool thing is, like, uh, on, uh, the purpose of those, of those groups is to, to grow spiritually and connect relationally. It's two things. We want to grow sp- spiritually together, and we want to ke- connect relationally together. So some of the times we're going to get together, we're going to talk about life and talk about God and talk about life with God. And we'll pray together. We'll eat meals together. We'll have child care for you if you have kids. And then on a, a bunch of the nights, we just go do guys and girls nights. And we go, hey, we're going to meet at this restaurant. And we, we go and, and just have fun together. Because that's important too. I really encourage you, if this is something that, 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 that stirs in you, join us for it. Try it out. It's eight weeks. If you don't like it, no problem. But I think he, there's a lot here. Christy and I were talking about it last night. I've been, I've been pretty fired up this week to talk about this. <laughs> because we were talking about what our lives would not, would, what our lives would be like without that meaningful connection without dear friends who've carried our burdens with us, people who, who love us. And for some reason, I, I don't, it has nothing to do with us, but we've just been disproportionately blessed to have people around through our families and through our friends. And we were talking about last night, and, and we were talking about we want this for people. We want this for everybody. We think that this idea, this, this, this discipline has, has a, a way of breaking loneliness and bondage and, 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 and bringing light into our lives in a way that nothing else does, that even God himself, that when we cry out to him and say, God, what is this? He's saying, child, that's a void, a hole I can't fill and I won't fill because I want you to experience me through other people. It's powerful. But here's the thing. Just like prayer, just like reading scripture, just like everything else in life, just like going to the gym. Doesn't matter if you have a gym membership. If you don't go to the gym, you're not, anyway. (laughs) Just like everything in life, anything that's worth it, you hold the key. It's our decision whether we'll move towards meaningful connection and community whether we'll come home and be at home with the Father through his kids. Let me pray for us. Lord, thanks so much for for being with us. I I thank you so much for Sunday mornings, for this place, for a place to gather and to talk about this. Thanks for people who are willing to give up their time on a Sunday morning and get their kids out of bed. And um, Lord, for a lot of us, it's not easy to get to church. But Lord, I, I, I pray for, for all of us that in our lives in the future, we have meaningful co- co- connections with other people. I pray for our students in the room. 
for our, for our young folks who have their life in front of them, that they would make decisions that lead them towards meaningful connection and friendships with other people. We pray for our, our children who are back there having fun, that they would have meaningful connections, even maybe right now in these groups that they're in. And pray for us. We, we, we bring our own heart before you, Lord. And I pray that you would give us the wisdom and clarity to know what we need in our lives, and then you would give us the courage to do. Lord, that we would, that we would sign up, and then that we show up. That we would be real. Um, Father, thank you for, for being with us. Thanks for caring for us. Um, through, through, thanks for connecting with us in so many different ways. In your name, amen. Can you stand with us?